see here, that was about 18 years ago. Cheryl and I have been married now 16 years. So the first time I laid eyes on you, it was at the University of Georgia. And we were working in a pharmacy at the time, and well, I was there first. And then in walked Cheryl, and uh, didn't know that she was going to be an employee that day. And the first thing, of course, that I noticed was her legs. You know, i got to be honest, a woman's got good legs. And so that... he, he does a lot to let me know that he loves me throughout the day, throughout the years as we have gone about our lives. Um, there are a couple of things that he has consistently done over and over, and that is we hold hands a lot, still hold hands. <laughs> And he also calls me every day from work just to let me know that, just to see how my day is going. Um, and a lot of times with little kids, he is the only adult conversation that I have all day. So that is means a lot to me that he cares enough to see how it's going. Over the years, uh, Cheryl and I've been through a lot. We've had our we've had our ups and our downs throughout our marriage. You know, we over the 16 years we've been married. You know, most. Most important thing most people want are kids, and you know that was a big struggle for us to, to get to that point to having kids, and we've been blessed by God through that. But just seeing how she has worked through the situations that we've gone through, and the things that she's done to support me over the years with my job, either you know uprooting us from Georgia and, and traveling to Wyoming to go and work out there for a couple of years, then coming back, uh, she just really selfishly uh, gave herself up in the situations that, that we've been through and it just amazes me every day the things that she does to help grow and strengthen our love. I think he has helped me and strengthened me in reading the Bible, doing devotions, just encouraging me in the talks that we have about um, just devotions and daily things that go on, how we incorporate Christ and Jesus and the things that he has done in our lives throughout the years just encourages me uh, to know that Jesus is there and the relationship with Jesus that I have is also paralleled with my relationship with my husband. But I don't know, you always need that support and that is a support that is there all the time. Um, to have someone by your side to encourage you when you feel down instead of having to pick up the phone having to call out to someone else, just having someone there in the home to say, what's going on, how are you doing, can we pray about this, what can we do to fix this problem type thing, which is a typical guy situation, wanting to fix it. But um, that it is truly a blessing to have my husband there by my side the whole time. Well, y'all give it up for Eric and Cheryl Dover. Two great, great members of our church involved actually in leading a community group and so thankful for them sharing a little bit of their lives this morning. Well, Ephesians chapter 5 in your Bible today as we continue the message series, Tune In to a Successful Marriage. Now, last Sunday we spoke specifically and really tuned in to that song, Let's Stay Together to be a gospel stamp on the world. Well, this morning we're going to tune in to the song, When a Man Loves a Woman. You ever heard that song before? Say yes. All right, yeah, When a Man Loves a Woman... 
Specifically, we want to know what happens uh, to the man whenever he loves his wife the way he should. And then what also happens to the wife whenever she is loved by her husband properly. So this morning, we continue to talk together about this idea of tuning in to a great marriage. Now, when you and I uh, as husbands really think back to the very first time that we ever saw our wives. Can you do that for me this morning? Just think back to that first time you ever locked eyes with her. Y'all got it in your mind if you don't pretend you do, all right? All right, so you got it there. You had some butterflies maybe in your stomach. Uh, Maybe your heart skipped a beat. You got real excited, and then you were like, man, I have got to meet her. And maybe y'all dated for a little while, and then finally you had the opportunity to propose, and then she said yes. You know, it's amazing whenever we are uh, led by love, some of the things that we will actually do. Uh, There was a man who quit his job in Japan because he wanted to propose to his wife, but he wanted to do it in a unique way. So he quit his job, he got into his car and actually put a GPS tracker on his vehicle so that it would trace the path that he drove. And he drove the entire path, and we got a picture up here for you so you can see it. But he drove a path that actually spelled out, marry me with a heart with a cross through it. And this guy spent the entire year doing that. And then he showed it to his girlfriend, and uh, she said no. Y'all all right? But no, I'm just kidding. She actually said yes, so she was fired up, and then they got married. You know, as I started thinking about this, I remember the night that I proposed to Krista. It was pretty... Uh, Eventful night, obviously, to say the least. I was all fired up. Yeah, thanks for showing that. God bless you. But uh, this is how I looked. I had a great personality. Amen. And then, uh, but that's me. I think, uh, how was I? 21, maybe, Krista? How were we? Was I 21 there? And then she was 13. And so we (laughs) met each other. But I will tell you, the night was pretty interesting because I wanted to take her out of a nice restaurant. I had the ring, I had it in a box. But I was in a little bit of a dilemma because I didn't know what to do with the box to keep it a secret. And so I actually took the box and stuck it inside my sock uh, under my pant leg. So here we are. We're eating. Everything's fine. She has no clue until we start eating. And then she starts trying to play footsies with me. Y'all all right? And then I said, hey, back up, woman. You're going way too fast. All right? And so uh, thankfully, she did not realize that I had a ring inside my sock. Uh, but that night, as soon as we finished eating, we met on the Marietta Square. I had arranged a uh, horse and carriage to come and pick us up. That's what I'm talking about. Rico Suave is my nickname. But anyway, so the horse and carriage comes. We get in, and we begin to take a little uh, trip uh, through historic uh, downtown Marietta. And then while we were dry, or while we were being carried, I don't even know what you say, as we were galloping, but as we were doing that, I finally was like, all right, now's the time I'm fixing to ask her to marry me. And it was pretty funny because there wasn't a lot of space between the seats. And so I'm kind of sideways down on one knee. And I, I began to go through my little spiel and tell her I love her and I wanted to marry her. Uh, only problem is, you may not know this about me, but when I really get nervous, I laugh uncontrollably. Like I can't stop laughing. So the entire time that I'm giving this uh, you know, awesome love speech, I'm laughing in between everything, right? So I'm like, will you... <laughs> Anyway, you can imagine, right? And then she said yes, and uh, it was pretty awesome to say the least. You know, love does indeed drive us to do some crazy things. But whenever we are going to be the men that God has called us to be in the marriage relationship, we have to express the unconditional love of Jesus Christ to our wife. And so this morning, we're going to see that in Ephesians chapter 5, and really just glean a couple of truths that I want to put in front of you, especially you husbands, and then wise next week, Lord willing. So Ephesians 5, 22, go ahead and stand with me in honor of God's Word this morning. You've got it there in front of you. Say yes. 
And the Bible says, Wives, uh, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Well, let's bow together. Father, we do thank you for your word. And we know as we open up the Bible that uh, this is how we are to live as followers of Jesus. So I pray that you would use uh, this scripture today to align marriages in our body. Especially those who are out of line. And God, I pray that you would draw uh, both wives back uh, who are living in a way that does not honor you. I pray for husbands also that you would draw them back. If they are outside of your will for their life. And God, we trust uh, that this scripture has the ability to wash us clean. And so we rest in that reality. God, I also pray specifically for those who may be here today who do not have a personal relationship with you. God, I pray that you would bring them to salvation this morning. As they turn from their sin and place their trust in you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. So go ahead and be seated this morning couple of truths that I want to give to all of you, especially you husbands this morning. First of all, I want you to know, according to this scripture, that God uses marriage to transform you into a man like Jesus. All right. Marriage is a context in which God actually uh, transforms every husband into a man like the Lord Jesus Christ. So look at verse 23. The Bible says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. Now think about it, every ship has a captain, every voyage has a navigator, every business has a manager, and every marriage, by God's design, has a leader. And the leader is to be the husband. You know, Paul compares the role of the husband to the role of that of Jesus Christ as it refers to the relationship between Jesus and the church. See, marriage is supposed to be a gospel stamp on the world. Therefore, if the marriage is to reflect Jesus in the church, then that means the husband, you, sir, are supposed to be the head and the leader of your marriage relationship. Now, if you think about it this morning, really put it into your mind for just a second, a person's body. You know it is extremely important for a person's body to have a head. In fact, if the body doesn't follow the leadership and the direction of the head then it can become spastic, paralyzed, or even crippled. And if the head doesn't lead the body, then the body uh, can suffer from diseases like dementia. And you know, one of the major reasons that many marriages are suffering today is simply because the head is not functioning as God has intended the head to function in the marriage relationship. 
Now, if you think about it for a moment, all right, husbands, we're supposed to play the role of the Lord Jesus Christ in the relationship. So what do we know about Jesus? Well, one thing we know for certain is that Jesus took responsibility for the church. That means we are to take responsibility for the wife that God has given to us. Jesus provides for the needs of the church. Therefore, husbands are to provide for the needs of their wife. Jesus wants you to be a working man, sir. Barring any physical condition that keeps you outside of work, if you choose not to work as the provider of your, for your wife, then you are outside the will of Almighty God. Uh, you are not called to be lazy, uh, nor are you called to leave the responsibility of taking care of the needs of your family square upon your wife's shoulders. And if you choose this way of life, your marriage will suffer without a doubt. And your marriage also will be unable to reflect the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus took responsibility for the church. So it is incumbent upon every single man, every husband, that he takes responsibility for his wife. That is our calling. And as we do this, we find that we are becoming men like the Lord Jesus Christ. There's also another reality of Jesus. Jesus not only took responsibility for the church, but Jesus also led the church to grow spiritually. That means you and I as husbands, we should lead our wives to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, as the head of the church throughout the Lord Jesus' ministry here upon the earth, he continued to lead by teaching the Word of God. You, you can't get through the Gospels without seeing Jesus teaching the truths of His heavenly Father. And husbands, for us to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, this means we need to learn His Word. We need to grow in His Word. We need to live by His Word. And we must be quick to navigate our marriages by the Word of the Lord. Now listen, that means, sir... Uh, it is absolutely a calling from God for you that you would study the Scripture, that you would become a man and a student of the Word of God. Uh, that means as a husband, listen, if you're sitting back there saying, man, I don't like to read, you need to get over that. And if you're sitting back saying, I can't read because I always get tired and fall asleep, then stand up and read. Walk if you have to. It is your responsibility, sir, to know your Bible and to lead your wife in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means whenever you have an issue in the home, being physical, emotional, spiritual, or financial, you as the husband should know where to go in the Scriptures to find an answer. So you husbands need to know the Word of God. You are, listen, the pastor of your home. And so Jesus not only taught the Scripture to the church, but also the Bible teaches that Jesus prayed for the church. And Jesus prayed with those who were His followers. You know what that means to you and I as husbands? If we're to play the role of Jesus, that means that we need to be praying for our wife. It also means that we should be praying uh, with our wife. So husband, probably one of the best things that you can possibly do is that you can pray for your wife and pray with her if you're not already doing so. Now, I'm going to encourage you, all right? Whenever you think about your house today, you as the husband and the leader are the one who sets the culture in the home. You as the leader determine whether or not the scriptures and prayer are abnormal or whether or not the scripture and prayer are very normal. And so you and I as followers of Jesus, if we really want to be the man that God's called us to be, we've got to turn the temperature gauge to where the Bible 
And prayer in the home is a normal part of our life. It should not be odd when you look to your wife and say, let's pray. Nor should it be odd if you look to your family and say, let's go to God in prayer and ask Him about this situation. They shouldn't look at you and say, what are you talking about? It shouldn't be odd for you to bring up Scripture in the home. That ought to be a normal process. And listen, if it's not, then you need to start. And wives, if your husband all of a sudden really does get a hankering to be who God's called him to be, and he starts living that way in the home, you encourage the fire out of him. Love on him. Every single man is insecure. Y'all listening to me preach? Every single man is insecure. And the reason a lot of husbands aren't who God's called them to be is because they are insecure and they're afraid of what their wife is going to think or what she's going to say. And so wives, I would just encourage you, I mean, passionately love them, passionately encourage them whenever they're seeking to be who God's called them to be. And so we find... Uh, really in this scripture, just a challenge to love our wives. As we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, we find a challenge that we would be students of the word, that we would lead by the word, and that we would pray for and pray with our wives. And as we do this, God, by his grace, begins to transform us into men like Jesus. Now, I say transform, it makes me think of transformers. Y'all with me? because I'm a man, I reckon, all right? You've seen Transformers, maybe the movie, maybe you've had some when you were growing up. If you have a Transformer, it's basically a car or a truck. And uh, you know the tagline, there's more than meets the eye. Can I get a witness, right? And so what happens is when you play with this thing, you begin to peel back that vehicle and all of a sudden you find that there's a robot on the inside. It's a Transformer. Now, everybody still with me say yes? I just thought of about 15 things that were very funny and I held them in. Can I... Say amen on that. But anyway, so it's a transformer. Here's the deal. When you as a husband gave your heart to Jesus, and and listen real close, eyeball to eyeball, if you've not done that yet, you cannot be who God's called you to be. So I'm going to challenge you this morning to give your heart to Christ if you've not already done that. But when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus takes up residence in your life. He lives on the inside of you. And as you are obedient to the Lord, you know what God does? He begins to peel you back so that Christ who is in you can be seen by your wife. That's what God wants to do to every single man who knows Him. Marriage is a context that God uses to transform us into men like Jesus. Your wife should be able to look at you over the years of your marriage and see a man who looks and acts more like Jesus now than he did when you first met. Y'all all all right? It got got a little quiet in here. Y'all still my friends? Wait till point number two. That's what God's doing with marriage. Here goes the second truth, and I love this one. God uses marriage to make your wife more beautiful. God uses marriage to make your wife more beautiful. Now, I know what most of you men are thinking. There is no way in the world my wife could look more beautiful than she does right now. Y'all should have said amen, all right? Let, let me give you another chance, all right? Some of you are thinking, there's no way my wife can look more beautiful than she does right now. Amen. All right, some of you are still in trouble, but anyway... Paul, the apostle, no less than three times in the text of Scripture we read this morning, 
uh, encourages husbands to love their wives. He says it in verse 25, look at it. He says, husband, love your wives. In verse 28, he says, so husbands ought also to love their own wives. Verse 33, each individual among you also is to love his own wife. Now, three times. You think about why in the world did Paul say it three times? Probably because he knew we were hard-headed. And so three times we needed to hear it. And it's just in a short portion of Scripture too. And the love that he's speaking about here is actually describing agape love. In uh, biblical study, uh, that speaks of an unconditional love. This is the kind of love that Jesus displays toward the church. He places no condition upon us that we must meet in order to experience his love. God unconditionally loves you and I. Matter of fact, fact, could you imagine if the Lord was like, okay, if you can uh, meet these standards, then I'll love you. If that's how the Lord acted towards you and I, then none of us would ever meet the standards. But because of His grace, He pours out love toward us. And we're called to express this exact same kind of love, this unconditional love toward our wife. It was Paul Washer who said once, quote, and this is awesome, listen. In the sovereignty of God, he has given you a wife with divinely orchestrated weaknesses. Now check this out. Y'all listening say, yeah? There can't be unconditional love in a place where someone meets all of the conditions. There can't be unconditional love in a place where someone meets all the conditions. That being the case, marriage is a place for you and I as husbands to display the unconditional love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Marriage is a context in which you and I as husbands learn to love selflessly as well as sacrificially. And I love what the Bible says about Jesus. The scripture says that Jesus gave himself up for the church. He gave himself up. Now, the question would be, why did Jesus give himself up for the church? What was the purpose? Well, look at verse 26, because he tells us. Here's the reason Jesus gave himself up for the church. Verse 26, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. That he, now check this out, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Now here in this text, we've got another description of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right in the context of marriage. Jesus came to get his bride. He gave himself up for her on the cross, bearing the sins of the church, washing her clean by the word of truth. And Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and 23, you've been born again, check this out, by the living and enduring word of truth. Now the goal of the Lord Jesus Christ for his bride, the church, is for her holiness. He, he wants the church to be without spot or to be without wrinkle. And I love how Paul's using that terminology because he's given us the imagery in our minds of a dress. So if you think about a wedding dress on a woman... She would never have spots or wrinkles on that dress. It would be absolutely clean. Well, Jesus wants his bride to be beautiful. He wants his bride to be gloriously lovely. That is, the Lord wants his bride, the church, to be unstained by the world's corruption, unstained by sin, and free from any blame. And Jesus gave himself up so that his bride, the church, might be gloriously beautiful. And that's the reason he gives unconditional love. That is the reason he sets us aside for holiness. Now check this out. Ultimately, Jesus will present the church before his Father, and he wants to present the church absolutely spotless and clean. It's a phenomenal picture. Now Paul uses that 
and then says, now husbands, love your wives like that. In other words, the love that Jesus gives to the church is a purifying love. And the love that you and I give to our wives should be a purifying love. And the motivation behind our love for our wife is for her beauty before the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this, man. As you love your wife, you are actually cleaning her and making her more lovely. One commentator noted it like this, quote, Marriage is designed to mirror our Creator's unconditional love for us. It's a love that will always be there and will never leave us or forsake us. And when a man and a woman love one another with that unconditional love, contentment follows and joy abounds. That's why we're saying this morning, when a man loves a woman, the more lovely she becomes. Now, man, I want you to think for just a moment today about uh, washing your truck or your car at the house. And uh, everybody, uh, you've done that before, right? And uh, so what do you do? You get a pail. Uh, Could you imagine if you put mud inside this and you said, I'm going to wash my truck with a bunch of mud. So you begin to reach in there and put it on the side of your vehicle. And man, you're just ruining the thing. You're making it look worse than it already did. Well, if you and I aren't careful as husbands, we are called to love in such a way that it actually purifies our wife. If we're not careful, instead of using the right kind of bucket, we can use what I would call mud love on our wife. Mud love. Mud love is conditional love, not unconditional love. Mud love has a key question that always drives it. And that question is, what have you done for me lately? In other words, you look to your wife and say, all right, honey, now if you can meet these criteria, then I'm going to put some love on you. Listen, that is, that's conditional love. Uh, This is very much like the man who reaches down and says, man, if she dresses and looks the way that I want her to, then I'm going to love her. That's conditional. Uh, That's the husband who reaches down and says, man, if she spends money the way I think she ought to spend it, then I'm going to love her. That's conditional. You reach down and say, well, uh, let me see here. If, if she cooks the way I think she ought to cook, then I'm going to spread this love on her. That's conditional as well. And then you may even go say, well, well, uh, if she parents the way that I like her to parent, then I'm going to love her in that moment. That, that is uh, mud love. Do you know what this kind of love does to your wife? It drains her of all energy. Because she is spinning her wheels, always trying to earn something from you. And let me remind you, sir, uh, you didn't have to spin your wheels to earn the love of God. So if God who created all of humanity gave you love unconditionally, who are you to think your wife ought to earn something? Y'all... Y'all don't hear me preaching up here? So be very careful. If you've got this bucket this morning, your marriage will be miserable. Because you are always going to be eyeballing your wife, judging her actions, and trying to decide whether or not she's impressed you enough for you to show some love. That's mud love. What have you done for me lately? Let me give you this next bucket here. This is what we would call a mud life bucket. A mud life bucket. Now, this is a little bit different, all right? But this is the husband who basically uh, asked this question. See see if you've ever heard this before. Uh, They say, honey, I wouldn't do what I'm doing if you wouldn't make me do it. 
In other words, they say, honey, isn't it your fault that I'm doing what I'm doing? This is the husband who blames his... Are y'all listening? Look at me real close. Liz, this may sting a little bit. You'll be all right, though. But this is the husband who blames his sin and his poor decisions as a man on his wife. This is the husband who reaches down and says, Well, if she had spent more time with me, she'd spend more time with me, then I wouldn't have to spend so much time chatting with girls online. Husband who reaches in and he's pulling out some more mud. Does he say, Man, man, if she would just appreciate me, then I wouldn't be carried away by the appreciation of another woman. His husband says, Man, if she'd just flirt with me every once in a while, give me a little spark, a little bit of romance. If she'd just do that, then I wouldn't be finding that in another woman. It's the husband who reaches down and says, Well, if she'd let me look at her, then I wouldn't have to look online. Y'all eyeball to eyeball for a second? Sir, if that's your attitude, you need to repent before Jesus. you got a problem. You cannot blame your poor, sorry decisions as a man on your wife. You need to lay it down. You need to ask Jesus to forgive you. You need to ask your wife to forgive you. Listen, there are tons of marriages who are suffering. Many marriages even suffering right here in our fellowship. And typically the reason that they're suffering so much is because the husband is trying to express a little mud love or the husband has a mud life. And your marriage cannot glorify Jesus if you continue to reach your sponge into those buckets. Jesus' love purifies the church. Your love towards her can't make her more dirty. It should purify her as well. Which leads us to the uh, third bucket here this morning. Uh, This is the bucket of Christ's love. And look at the preacher eyeball to eyeball. Only a follower of Jesus can actually dip into this bucket. So if you don't know the Lord, you ain't even got this bucket yet, man. But when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, then you begin to express love towards your wife in the home. You get rid of those ridiculous uh, questions. What have you done for me lately? Or, honey, isn't it your fault that I'm the way I am? That's ridiculous. Those questions are done. You fill it with another question. When you reach into this bucket, you come away saying, honey, what can I do for you? Honey, how can I serve you? What can I do to help you? Now, now somebody's like, where did you come up with all that? Uh, Levi, well, the Bible. Y'all all right with that one? That was a good answer, wasn't it? Jesus, what did he do? He served the church. The Bible says of Jesus, he didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. As you follow the life and ministry of Jesus, you always see him serving. He's bending over backwards to meet the needs of people. Listen, you and I, if we're supposed to represent Jesus in the marriage relationship, shouldn't we bend it over backwards to meet the needs of our wife? How can I serve you? Now, can I, can I tell you, it's amazing how good of a husband I become when I'm preaching on marriage. Y'all all right with that? Says I'm heightened, man. I'm sensitive. Vulnerable. I was just kidding about that last one. But anyway, so I, yesterday, you know, had the, the marriage conference. And Krista was kind of helping put that together and lead that thing. And so this past week, I just said, hey, tell me what I can do to help. You know what that is? That's reaching into this bucket. 
That's not a big deal. But I'm like, what? tell me what I can do to help. And so she says, uh, you think you can just make sure the kids get to their ball game on Saturday so I don't have to think about them all day? So yeah, I can do that. So yesterday morning, that's what I did. I spent my time running kids around the basketball games. Are y'all listening yet? So I'm doing that as a service to my wife. I just thought I'd brag on myself for a minute. Y'all okay with that? And remind her. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so... Listen, that's how I rolled out, right? And so what I'm, what I'm saying is when you begin to ask, what can I do to serve you? You're going to be shocked at how much more beautiful your wife becomes. Now, the reason I, I tell you about me reaching down in here and the reason I know so much about these two buckets over here is because I've dipped into those as well. Now, husband, look at me, all right? You are the head of the house. You are the leader, and you've got to be like Jesus. And if you're not, it, look at me real closely. It don't matter how much marriage counseling you get, how long you sit around and watch Oprah. If you are not being the leader of your home, you are spinning your wheels. And if you're not being the man God's called you to be in Jesus, then you, my friend, are outside of will, God's will for your life. So, so what must you do? You must repent. You must ask the Lord to forgive you. You must get rid of these buckets over here and say, Lord, you've got to help me start dipping into this one right here because I want to purify my wife. I want her to become more lovely. And I will... Um, Shoot you straight here. Since I've been bashful this entire time. We've got a lot of marriages in this church that are in deep trouble. And when I say deep, I'm talking about deep. And several of them just because men are just rebellious before God. They're sitting around pointing at their wife and their real problem is they're out of God's will. And they out acting goofy and doing stupid stuff. You need to stop that, man. God gave you a wife, and there you are throwing it all away. So if you're in here this morning and that's you, you've got some repenting to do. And here's the great news. God has unconditional love that he'll pour out all over you right now. That's what he'll do. And you used to start being the man God's called you to be. Y'all all right? A, a real man ain't just a man who can shoot a gun and go hunting. Sharpen a knife. A real man is a man who loves his wife unconditionally. And if you're not doing that, you are no man before God. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for men this morning that you begin to work in their hearts. And work in their lives. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, nobody's looking around. Uh, some of you just need to call out on the Lord this morning. Sir, you've not been the man God's called you to be. You need to ask the Lord to work in your life right now. Let's go ahead and pray. Talk to Him.